You're listening to the Late Night Football Show with your host, Rohit Singh. That's me. On this show, we talk about some of the most serious, least silly topics from the world of football for your entertainment and enjoyment. Please remember that the show is BYOL. Bring your own laughs, since we don't have the budget for a studio audience. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Night Football. Uh, it's another weekend of uh, footballing action, and uh, I was going to say Premier League action, but we're not talking only Premier League today. Uh, so it's another weekend of uh, footballing action, and we've got uh, our uh, experts here again joining us today. So it worked well, so well last uh, last week. So we've got Kanaya back again on the show. Kanaya, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Rohit. Thanks for having yes. me back. Yeah, and uh, we could not talk about El Clasico without uh, having a Real Madrid fan also. So, Jihan, welcome to the show as well. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, and, and this is interesting because Kanaya is also a Man United fan and you're a Chelsea fan. So, we're kind of killing, you know, two... I know Peter, Peter doesn't like it when we say it, <laughs> but we're killing two birds with one stone here. And two opposing fans for two different games. And then we also got Ayush uh, joining us back again on the show. Ayush, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, I, know, I don't know. You're kind of saving all of that rage for uh, for when the time comes because I know yes. what you want to talk about. So we will talk Who's about that. that. Um, but but let's get right into it. We have a lot to cover today because we've added an extra game of El Clasico. So we'll start with El Clasico today. Uh, we're going to start with that big game, uh, Real Madrid against Barcelona. And uh, Jihan, let's start. Let's talk about Real Madrid first. Actually, even though Real Madrid are the away team, uh, a little bit about the team news. So Sergio Ramos. He's going to be back. Uh, he's going to, he, he has to start. I mean, considering what's happening, he has to start uh, this weekend, doesn't he? Well, if any, even an injured Ramos is still one of the best defenders in the world. Yeah. You can't stop Messi without him. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. What's interesting also is the fullback situation because that makes it a bit more difficult because Real Madrid apparently don't have any right backs. Both Danny Carvajal and Udrud uh, Zola both are injured. So they don't have, so they, they played Mendy and uh, Marcelo last, last game, last weekend as fullbacks. So you expect them to do that again. And that makes, makes it even more important to have Sergio because you need some leadership at the back there you know, if you're going to have two, full, two left backs playing in that back four. Uh, I, I don't exactly remember what the situation with Vasquez is. He, he's still available and he's, not, he's COVID-free, right? Yes, but he's a winger, no? He plays as a uh, winger. I mean, I, yeah. Maybe not. Well, maybe I, Nacho, I know, but, I know, but we still did um, Yeah. Well, the thing with Barca is they have a much different team than last year right now. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we all know about the huge turnover that Barca have had and their team is much faster. I mean, I don't know if I'd use a centre-back to cover the wings with like Dembele and all. I would honestly go with Vasquez because they do need pace. I mean, mind you, Marcelo is obviously an amazing fullback, but We've seen how left backs playing on the right back work out. Not everyone's Philip Lam. So maybe Zidane might go with that Vasquez option again. And I mean, it's been a while, but he's obviously going to need that work rate at least that Vasquez can give. Marcelo being a little old and, well, he hasn't been playing all of the games. I don't think he'll have that proper sharpness to deal with the paces on the Barca wings. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they can play Vasquez. But if they do play Vasquez as a fullback, then they'd have to change the system for the front. Uh, and they probably do need to change the system in the front because it's not actually been working out very well for them in terms of the fact that they're not scoring a lot of goals. They did score two against uh, Shakhtar. But uh, this is a struggle. I mean, what tweaks would you make in the front line? Because obviously Benzema will have to start. 
But then do you go with Asensio and Isco as the wingers? Or do you bring in, or do you, well, maybe Vinicius? Do you bring in Vinicius? Do you, you know, do you stick with Rodrigo? There are options, but which one is, is the right one? Which, are, which, which is the right ones to go with for, for, for Madrid? Well, now that Hazard's injured again, and I really wish we could keep him. I, I hope Madrid gives a back to us. <laughs> he just know. likes I mean, golf now. I don't know. He, he just likes golf more now, time. I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the golf courses, yeah. And Madrid, they need a new player. Maybe that's the, yeah, maybe that's the replacement. Yeah. He's a replacement for Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale got to him. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's well, the thing. Yeah. Well, Hazard was born to replace Hazard Bale. Hazard goes back to his old team, too. <laughs> well, I hope Hazard goes back to his old team, too, huh? Yes. Well, uh... <laughs> honestly, honestly, I really think Madrid should be exploiting that. I mean, Madrid's left and Barca's right because ever since Dani Alves left, to me at least, uh, Barca's Achilles heel has been that right back. I mean, you've had your Nelson Samedo and all of that, but it's never really been that good. I mean, not the standards that Dani Alves has left. I'm sure my the fellow Barca fans, they will agree with that. So, um, I would honestly suggest maybe if Zidane uh, thinks it too, putting that extra bit of pace on the left. So, Vinicius on the right and um, Asensio on the left. Uh, sorry, Vinicius on the left and Asensio on the right. And we have Isco in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then... But if uh, the then again, can... that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. But that, that doesn't happen if Zidane keeps playing with that midfield three of Modric, Cruz and Casemiro. So, mm-hmm. in that instance, I'd put Isco on the right to be mm-hmm. playing against Alba. Yeah, it's interesting because they do have options even in midfield. Because if you put in Isco in midfield, then you've got to think about which of the two are you going to go? Are you going to go with Cruz, Modric, Casemiro, and Valverde? Which of those four do you pick for your two midfielders? Because that's going to be important. And uh, maybe you wouldn't start with. I mean, I wouldn't start with Modric and Cruz without having somebody behind them because that's just like asking for trouble. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the options will the, be. But, the, yeah. the interesting thing about Zidane, like uh, I, you know, during the Champions League game as well. Uh, he rested all his players, like the senior ones, Tony Cruz, mm-hmm. Ben, uh, uh, Isco. Isco didn't even get a minute yeah. in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the creator for them. Their best player, the only energy that you know uh, Real Madrid shows showed was when Vinicius came on. Yeah, like they they had somebody to look forward to. They had somebody to play the ball to. Uh, other than that. I don't think Rodrigo or Jovic were actually creating any space for them to uh, get balls as well. Even Asensio, you know, shooting from range, that's he likes to do that. But then I don't see them, they had any option. Uh, so, I, but I think for, for Zidane to, in, on the, uh, for against Barcelona, he has to start Vinicius. And I think he will go with uh, more uh, experienced midfield. With uh, Isco and uh, uh, Cruz starting with Modric, um, he will basically because these guys can do the magic. They can, you know, create something just out of the blue. And Barcelona just caught napping for a second. You know, PK looking at somebody or and then the ball is right through him. So these things have happened in previous El Clasicos. And, you know, uh, Zian mentioned uh, perfectly well that Barcelona's Achilles Hill has been the right back with Sergio Roberto playing. But then he offers so much width and so much attack himself 
that it is it then just becomes difficult for real madrid to defend because well marcelo is a good left back but he is not a good defender let's just be very you know clear on that he he is a good that, player that's, that's... he does not know how to defend and you put usman dembele on that side and he has his worst nightmare he's like how do i go forward do i go back do i stay like do i where am where am i supposed to stand on yeah, that let's, let's yeah well let's talk about barcelona mate i think we've covered madrid i think i think molbiki is the selections that he make i think based on what he put on, out in the structural game i think isco will start i think modric probably will not start because he played that game he started that game so i think he may not start but we'll see what the selections are but you mentioned about dembele and it's interesting so if you talk about uh, uh the, the starting lineup uh, last in the last game i believe it was dembele uh messi and griezmann who started uh they had pedri uh and talking about the last la liga game because i'm a, i don't yeah. want to talk about the champions league cuz it seemed like a gimme game uh, it was like and then the midfield was pedri uh busquets and was it busquets i think it was busquets and deong or maybe yes. somebody else oh yeah busquets and deong so you would assume busquets and deong will start uh ayush's favorite player philip coutinho do you bring him in into the team uh, and then do you and, and then do you keep pedri do you keep pedri or do you bring in coutinho or do you bring both in and take out griezmann and then if if if, if fatih has to play then you would assume that that would be in place of dembele so there are options so i guess the question is at first would you bring in coutinho for pedri or because pedri scored in the last game against ferencvaros so would you keep would you keep uh, pedri would you bring in coutinho or would you bring both in and and take out uh, griezmann So Komen is playing the four-two-three-one, mm-hmm. and I think Coutinho would plays perfectly currently. Like again, because he is he has suddenly kind of been a key man for Barcelona in La Liga at least. He's he's playing with flair. He's playing with confidence. He's 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 there. Like you 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 see, you're not only looking at Messi now. you know i'm lonely looking at messi to do something coutinho is kind of mm-hmm. going back to his old self while barcelona got him uh from liverpool so he seems to be a key in this clasico i i think pedri is a good backup option and that is something which i really like like they have such a good backup pedri plays really well and he is giving competition to philip coutinho who is a champion even already with Bayern Munich. So these are like and I, and the 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 structure that Komen is also playing like I I I saw the game uh, where um on the Champions League game but on the La Liga game as well. Um it was Franky De Jong with Busquets is a much uh, caged midfield. I have seen Franky De Jong not been able to kind of express himself go forward but with uh, Pjanic when in, in the in the last game he was really flowing. Mm-hmm. We could see cross uh, you know uh, uh, in in the in the uh, in the second half he he was really pushing ahead getting the balls to uh, uh, to the strikers and he was he was again kind of free flowing it was it was him because pianic covers those spaces which he leaves so well that he was able to play forward so in in my view coutinho will start mm-hmm. but uh, will uh, be a sub um it, uh, in my opinion it has to be coutinho uh, uh, behind messi fati on the left and uh, um usman dembele on the right griezmann will have to sit on the bench no 
start, in my opinion. Yeah, you mentioned about Dembele and Marcelo worried about that. The one thing that is there, though, for Marcelo to know is that all it takes is one run for Dembele to get injured. So it's not like it's a, you know, it's Dembele, he's fast, but then all it takes is a little bit of push and then he's injured and out of the game. So, you know, it's not, it's not that, it's not that no, hard. No, to, no, no, no doubt. But then the, the, best the is, he, but the best part is Dembele cuts only in the penalty box. He runs straight at you and then cuts inside or on the outside in the penalty box only. So he, yeah. you know, if you touch him on the wrong way, it's a penalty. So he 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 has learned that at least. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, for Dembélé's let's hope he stays injury free this season. He needs a he needs a big season. Um, goalkeeper, uh, they I, I guess if you're looking for weak spots, is is ne- I mean I'm not seeing much of Neto, but would he, he's clearly a downgrade on Thursday again. But is he a big enough downgrade to be an issue? For Barcelona, or do you think they'll manage with him? I I don't think it's a big issue. I mm-hmm. I think um, uh, no, he trusts the the defense that he has. Uh, you know, he 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 was confident. I've seen him play. He he is confident in the uh, in the defense he has. And the best part is that both the La Liga game and the uh, last Champions League game, uh, uh, Barcelona played with the same defense. Uh, uh, so they, that is kind of growing in confidence. Uh, I think that would not be an issue. But then, well, it's an Al Clasico. You don't really know the nerves when the first shot is, you know, comes through your way, uh, or, and and it's it's Benzema hitting. So you know the pressure is different. Everything is different in an El Clasico. So it it will be interesting. But I don't think I don't see that to be an issue. It, it but you know it could turn out to be a miserable game as well. Well, you just never know. But you mentioned about yes. being nervous, and Ayush, let me ask you because I think we talk about nerves. I think there's something missing in this Clasico. It's not Messi, as it's not Ronaldo. It is the fans. Uh, they're not going to win the stadium. It's going to be behind closed doors. Um, and it, it does it take away a little bit from the spectacle of it being an El Clasico without the fans in the stadium. It it just it yeah it doesn't feel it will be different. It will be different, wouldn't it? Of course, of course. I mean. Yeah. For the, every team, every club uh, is, uh, takes some uh, strength from uh, their fans. They are the twelfth player for, for every team. And, uh, Liverpool are losing after fans have left off. The Liverpool uh, results have also fallen down. I mean, similar for every team. I mean, the the home advantage is totally cancelled out. I mean, the fans they make the environment and they definitely push the team to. At least we would have been lost at least seven to to Aston Villa. The fans were there. I mean, they must have thrown bottles or whatever. The game would have been cancelled in between. But surely, would have, we wouldn't have lost seven to. So yeah, it'll be the players who will be walking alone, I guess. Yeah. So same year, I mean, uh, Real Madrid. I think it's at Bernabeu the match. Ah, uh, so, no, it's a new camp. That's okay. So that's at the camp now. Camp no, yeah. So empty camp no. I mean, uh, they won't be. Real Madrid is an experienced team with an experienced manager, so they won't be bothered with empty stadium or full stadium. They have played many matches, and Ramos is back, so they have their leader back. So yeah, we should have a. I mean, this is a great chance for Real to win this El Clasico. They haven't been to the mark in previous editions. So yeah. without Suarez, I mean, Liverpool and Barcelona is. Pretty weak. I mean, Suarez has not diminished his importance in the classicos. Uh, and uh, yes. I usually is definitely forgetting him. As we know yeah. from one of our past yeah. videos, so 
Um, I don't know. I don't know if Suarez is that big a miss in 2020. Maybe 2015, 2014. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. watch Barcelona. I don't know. Um, but uh, let's talk. Let's talk about the managers. Uh, Jian, who do you think will be under more pressure? I mean, for a win, who needs it more? Is it Coman or is it Zidane? You feel Zidane is under more pressure because he's lost the last two games. It's been difficult. Like Coman almost seems like Barcelona always seems like on this verge of this this season, sustained season, where they always seem on the verge of one defeat will bring a crisis and. You almost feel I I don't know who needs this win more is it Coman or is it is it Zidane what do you think? It's actually a very tricky question. I mean, on the surface you have to say Zidane. I mean, I think Le Equipe reported that he has only two games to save himself, this wow. one and the next one. Uh, wow. But I I don't know if that's authentic or what. But uh, seems a bit harsh. But I, I would have to give it to them. I would have to give it to them that that does have some base to it. I mean. He's been losing matches left and right. Uh, the Shakhtar thing was just shocking. I remember I was staying up late, expecting at least three or four goals, but not from Shakhtar. That's <laughs> what was surprising to me. So, but you have to think of it this way too. I mean, Ronald Koeman is doing well. I mean, he's disciplined the club so well. He's come in and told Messi that your privileges here are over, and he wants this to be run as a proper football team right now. But uh, mind you, when I tell you this, one big defeat for Barca, even if it's two, three nil, you're gonna see the eight-two jokes coming again. You're gonna see everything start restarting again. And uh, I- I'm sorry, my fellow Barca fans, but uh, that is true because right now Barca are under a lot of pressure. I mean, people aren't gonna forget an eight-goal drubbing that easily. And Ronald Koeman, this is the chance for either manager to really prove what they're made of right now. Zidane, for Zidane, it's a chance for him to remind us what Zidane is. For Ronald Koeman, it's a chance for him to show what he is like on the big stage. If you're going to ask me directly, who's under more pressure, it has to be Zidane. But who will suffer more from a loss? Probably Ronald Koeman. Yeah, no, I mean it's a tricky question, but it's interesting as well, Kanye, because uh, PK came out. PK came out with statements uh, about how the board have not lived up to the standards about how Messi should be, you know, more appreciated right. by the board. Yeah. I mean, it's a big game, so it's 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 obviously you know by chance you make statements. Why why would you want to make such statements ahead of a big game like that? Um, you know, attacking. Why would you not want like at this point you only want the whole team and everyone to put in this push in the same direction rather than. Pointing fingers it, at this point. It, see, see, it's El Clasico has a very different level to it. There's a lot of mind games here. It just with that statement, he just takes pressure off the ten players. The, does in, he in, though? Like, does he take the pressure off, or is it like a case of like we are good, but you're not doing well? So now we're going to show you that we're good. And then if they no, don't but, do well, then the board is like, well, you guys are not good. So you know what do you expect from us? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I I, I get what you're saying. It, it's yeah, it's 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 the, the statement. The statement just kind of shows that it it's it's kind of saying that you know there is something wrong that we have felt, and you're not doing what we thought you should do. He's just kind of he's not lashing out. He's he did not lash out. He just stay making a statement, and he has an opinion about it. So I think. But then, before a game as big as this, you have to remember. You have to remember that currently Real Madrid does not have that many young players as Barcelona. Barcelona will start a lot of young players tomorrow. That will play a lot on these players on on their minds. That you know, because they're looking up front and they see Messi, and and then they see the expectations everybody has from them. but it allows 
the other players to perform at their own levels. They don't have to match him in that game. So I think that statement is an opinion. It does help the other players, but of course, you know, you you know, you can you can twist it around, and there could be a lot of Barcelona is you know the the Messi saga itself has not helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, like these have not helped, and now you know four players contracts being signed right during the Champions League games. That's not helped. Where they've kind of uh, you know there has been a wage cut, um, and, and so there's a lot happening in 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 the um, uh, background before this game, but. The, the what is a very interesting thing is how both of these clubs are going about their transition. What I really like about Barcelona is that they're going youth. They're saying, we have Ansu Fati. That's what we're looking at. We're not looking at Messi. And Messi is saying, thank God you're looking at Ansu Fati so that I can leave. So, and, and that, it's, it's, it's a weird... Real Madrid is saying that, okay, we, don't, we, we couldn't get anybody this summer. Uh, we will, might look at the January window and then see possibly getting um, a Neymar or an Mbappe like for a clear-cut swap and then see, okay, we're back. So, it's it's a very different ideology. Both clubs are in a transition. Barcelona and Real Madrid both have been struggling. Both managers are at equal pressure, I would say. Koeman has to prove a point, as Azihan said, that he is a big match player. He, he can make big match uh, coach. He can actually get these things done. He can get through the, te- through the team and then tell them that, you know, it's fine. Uh, we can get through. The- but then Zidane, you know, he has, he's their most successful manager. He, well, in recent he, times, yes. Yeah, in, yeah in, and then, you know, he has to prove a point that, you know, Shakhtar Donets, you know, you lose to them 3-2. There has to be a reaction. Yeah, it's it's going to be difficult to predict. I yes. think that's the main. So thing. both um, the both the both the managers have their own set of issues to deal with. It's going to be really, and that's what it makes. This time, it's not about Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. This time, it's really about the two teams which are in transition. So that is what I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, young players to point to prove, and it'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, we spent quite a bit of time on it, so let's uh, wrap this up, and because we've got a lot more to discuss. But Ayush, uh, your score prediction for this game? What do you think is going to be the final score? I think it's going to be 2-1 for Barcelona. Barcelona. Gian, what do you think? Gian, what do you think? I really think the Madrid fans are going to say Madrid will win. The Barca fans are going to say Barca will win. So, I'll just keep this up. Uh, Madrid wins 2-1. 2-1. Well, Ayesha is not a Madrid or Barca fan, but he's going with Barcelona, just so you know. Uh, so, 2-1 to Madrid, 2-1 to Barcelona. Can I, you can break the tie. What do you think it's going to be? Please don't say 2-2 two, two because then I'll just... <laughs> no, 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 no. It's going to be Barca 3-1. 3-1. Oh, wow. Nah, I told you. Okay, that's... Barca fans will say Barca. Monty fans will say Monty. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's difficult to play it. I, these kind of games, I I think it might be a draw. But uh, I actually, I, I can't see Madrid winning. Just only because I don't see where the goals are going to come from. for Madrid. That's the biggest... What, what, I, what, I, what I, you know, uh, uh, over the uh, last week, uh, weekend, when both of them lost 1-0... Uh, I kind of, uh, I wrote that, you know, uh, on Twitter that Champions League, they would have decided uh, mutually that let's do a draw on the El Clasico. Let's just save each other uh, from the embarrassment uh, each might face if something bad happens and then just be like mutually respectfully, just simply put it as a draw and then both win. Nobody gets sacked immediately after the game or during the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do feel that Barcelona have a better chance because 
but you know, it's difficult to say. For Madrid, it's just a case of where the goals are going to come from for them. As if Benzema is not firing, I don't know where the goals are coming from for them. But um, anyway, uh, that's uh, that's on the El Clasico. It's tomorrow morning. We will well, my time tomorrow morning, tomorrow evening. If uh, you know, take your local listings, as I say, uh, for where the match is going to be. Uh, it's a bit of a resting reference there. Uh, those of you watched it, but uh, yeah, so uh, we'll be we'll be here uh, with the reaction to that game tomorrow. Uh, so we'll we'll break that up down down all for you. It's gonna be an interesting game. Uh, and if you like this segment so far, please remember to smash a like for the El Clasico and also subscribe to the channel. Uh, and we're now gonna move on to the Premier League, the serious business. Uh, let's let's get started with. Uh, and I'm just kidding. Uh, let's get started with uh, West Ham against Manchester City. We're going to have a Manchester City. That's the first game tomorrow. Oh, stop. Uh, Ayush. Uh, two wins out of two for City in the last two games. Not necessarily the most fluent wins, but wins nonetheless. Uh, it looks like now they're ready to go for a run. I think they've now gotten up to match fitness. They're now ready to start, like, you know, because all it really takes, I think, this season is one team just going on a run. And then, you know, that's, that's all you really need. So is, is City now primed and ready to go on, on a run now? Like, they have a few players back and they look they look good now. Like, they look up On paper, yeah, on paper, City always looks stronger than every team, but. Uh... In recent past, they have shown vulnerabilities in uh, uh, their defense, especially. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nathan Ake's, uh, I think, have has picked up an injury also. And yes. missing uh, Fernandinho also now. So, mm-hmm. there will be a completely new centre-back pairing of... Uh, I'm not able. Yeah, it'll probably be Stones or Garcia. Yeah. We'll start. Okay. Oh, so, there's, there will be a new centre-back pairing between uh, Ruben Diaz and... Eric Garcia. So, yeah, Garcia or Stones, whichever one of them. Yeah. The old Stones. And, and both are very shaky defenders and uh, they have so they have every chance of conceding goals. But, and on the attacking department, they are also missing Kevin D. Bruin. So that is their main creative spark. And, yeah. uh, they have goal scorers, but uh, uh, De Bruyne is the person who connects the missing the links and uh, run between the channels and has the vision which uh, others don't have. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately, I'd agree with you with West Ham, and then it's Marseille. So you know, it's, they they should they should have enough to get through as long as they don't spurs it up. I think they should they should. Yeah, win. that's what I'm thinking. I mean, West Ham have shown steel and some backbone in recently, and when David David Moyes has got some results against big teams and against Tottenham, they showed that they won't give up. Even after falling three nil or two nil behind, so City, uh, if they if they don't uh, shy back and uh, can get some possession, I mean City will always dominate the possession. Sixty percent, sixty-five percent will be minimum. So if they can keep it tight at the back, West Ham and uh, Antonio is a good forward player. So with Ronaldo, Antonio, they can definitely uh, damage City, and uh, I hope they can pull up a draw or something like that. Yeah, well, hope for that, but uh, we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, Jihan, uh, no, uh, no, I used to touch on it with the issues at left back. They don't have Mendy, they won't have Ake either, so they're going to have to have a left back. It's probably going to be Joao Cancelo. I don't think uh, I don't think Sinchenko is back yet, so it'll probably be Cancelo at left back. That is that is is a worry, isn't it? That left back area when you have like uh, it just feels. I mean, we speak about it every week almost at left back. It just. It just feels like that if if there is one injury, if there's one area that City have, have probably neglected or not really focused on, it's a left back area, isn't it? Where they have back, yeah. those issues. Yeah. Um so I mean would you would you start Cancelo or would you, what, what would you do at the left back? You you probably have to start Cancelo. I don't think there's a lot of options. 
Uh, but you probably have to start Cancelo at left back. Does he? Does, he doesn't look assured, does he? I don't think he likes playing there either. Uh, Cancelo at left back. Well, regardless of what I do, uh, knowing Pep, I think he might do what he did against uh, Barca with Bayern in 2015, right? Yeah, 15. No, uh, he went for oh, the yeah. three-man back, if you remember perfectly. Uh, but but it failed miserably against Barcelona. <laughs> probably not do that then. ফরম্যান্ট ব্যাক the left back will often go up forward and it'll turn into a three man back you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so because he does not go for that five man back or what people say called 352 he might go for a three man back and have fill the midfield and since west ham already sits back they won't be able to counter attack if if man guardiola goes for that five man midfield or even six man if he decides to drop his forward backwards so yeah maybe a 352 formation against West Ham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what he does. But he has options. It's just whether yeah. those options match up to what he's looking for. But I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, we're, we're analyzing we we're, we're thinking of West Ham. I mean, I think I think our perception is skewed a little bit by what happened in the last game in the last 10 minutes with Spurs and that's we have to say it's Spurs. Uh, so, you know, it's, I'm still upset. And, and, and also and also Pep, uh, you know, in 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 his recent interview did say that West Ham have an advantage because, you know, they have players rested you know uh, uh, city is coming back from the champions league and but then that's that's pep playing pep that's, that is uh, that is bullshit excuse because pep played against porto he did not go up against like a like barcelona bayern munich that he had to worry about resting players which he, well yeah. but then that's his excuse if i think he's already created one if he loses yeah well, that's just i mean don't so, give me some manager excuses uh, but uh, all right uh, so city kind of but speaking of players when vessel can who do you think is going to be the key player for city for this game I think I I really liked how uh, Ferran Torres played. Mm-hmm. I I really liked the way you know, he played in, in against the Porto game as well and he's he's his he's, he's doing what uh, Mares in the first season um uh, for uh, City did. Like he was tucked right on the um, uh, on the uh, sideline went in hard straight one touch transition right clear into the goal so he i really like how he's grown in confidence because he just played couple of games it's just the sixth game week so he he's also started slow but then this kdb injury has given an opportunity to so many players i, I would say like they they certainly like gundogan is allowed to kind of play a key role again um you know you have sterling who's now suddenly showing uh, that, that that he's just not some other striker he can really take the leadership he can really create as well for aguero and you know play off him uh, but but ferran torres is from my and my side i think he's going to be the key one to watch out but it's going to be interesting if he starts or not because i don't really trust pep uh if he starts then i think he's going to be the key yeah 
Well, Dream Sterling is a, a generational talent, as an expert once called, and and I can see someone there. Let's laugh because I know what what the real response is. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jihan, what do you think is going to be the the final score? What's your prediction for the score? Uh, I don't know. I I, I like to go crazy and say. <laughs> no, no, I I don't think that's going to keep happening. But I honest, but part of me really wants. or feels like west ham's going to pull off a point uh nil nil or 1-1 even though it it more likely is going to end up 3-0 3-1 to city's favor 3-1 city i'm going to go with 3-1 city uh, ayush what do you think is going to be the score 2-2 two, 2-2 two. Two, two. Yes. wow okay wow that's that's crazy That's perfect. I know that's like but that's Ayush is being very bold here. Are, are you, do you is that the score that you think or is that the score that you want because there's a difference between the two I just want to point out. <laughs> but but 2-2 is fine. 2-2 is uh, that's good. That's well, you know it's a bold it's a prediction you know make it a bold yeah. one or not. We're going to go all out. I can I really think it's going to be the score. Realistically I, I think it, I realistically I'm just going to sit back and wait for a counter. It just it, you know and that can happen. in that game mm-hmm. in the city game that can happen when you know there's a little shakiness in the defense already for city to start from like they've had at least on paper when they're starting they have had a good defense this is the first time where they really don't know who mm-hmm. do they put. do they even put somebody there or just play the three man defense and then you know put uh, uh, cancelo on the cdm or just somewhere in the mid just to kind of protect and then he you know slots back in so i really think this game could be a draw i can nil nil as well but i do see because aguero did start in the last game so that was a good uh, thing as well and i think he he will be desperate for goals because he's he's kind of left out for like he he's been injured he's just caught in he would want to score goals and kind of stomp his authority back to that position mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but i do still see west ham not giving up on that game and you know moyes has would have learned a lot and this team would be high on confidence after 3-3 on spurs like they'll be like you know it's city you know we have next team to kind of uh, get 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 some points out of so i i think it's going to be a draw i i would i would say it'll be a goalless draw because you know uh, it, it it both will try to protect each not the, the the pep will make sure that he does not concede because if he concedes then this whole defense will shackle he has no players he can't, he can't try anybody else and he has to go with that and then so he will just tell them that don't concede if you get a good clearing chance then you know, of course the attacking wise they're crazy they can you know, one player can run through the whole defense on his day um but i, I think it's going to be an inland Yeah. Wow, you guys are you guys are really really pushing the envelope here. But uh, no, no, I, I'll bring it back down to earth. I'll bring it back down to earth. I think before I, I don't think it'll be a clean sheet for either team. I think before one to City, um, and I think it'll be four one because I, there will be a goal for West Ham. I think maybe at two 0 they'll get a goal which will give them hope, and then Pep will be like <laughs> like that. Like you know, thank you, thank you for giving us opportunities to attack you. And it'll be four one. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it'll be an easy City win. Uh, I don't want it to happen. But I think that is what will happen because. Uh, I mean the the key the key will probably be Lanzini and Antonio and if they can yeah. double that backline then there is hope but I don't know I feel like City probably have got a few tricks up their sleeve that they should be able to comfortably see this. This one. Premier League this Premier League season has been full of surprises. You yes, never know. Yes. Yes, so we don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um the only thing is that if there was a big Champions League game coming up I would have been a little bit maybe they might make some change with this Marseille. So I don't see him like worrying too much about that game. 
based on what we saw. But with that, we now that's enough of City. So we're gonna move on to the biggest game of the weekend now. Wing wing. Uh, we're gonna talk about Manchester United against against Chelsea. Uh, so I don't know if this is the biggest game of the weekend. May not be for you guys. It may not be for people watching. But yes, it is. It is one of the big games, the big blockbuster clash in the Premier League at least. Uh, Man, United, Man United against Chelsea. Uh, two teams that uh, interesting, interesting form. Because if you start out with the first two, three games, you'd probably have a different opinion of of the two teams' seasons. But uh, maybe the last couple of weeks, last week or so, has probably changed changed perceptions a little bit. Maybe not. Uh, but let's talk about Man United first, and let's talk about the team selection. Uh, can I, yeah? uh, would you? I mean, it's interesting. They, they played a back four against uh, Newcastle, got a good result. They played a back five out of necessity against uh, PSG, got a good result. So which one do you go with? Because I mean, Maguire, I mean, if would you go with a back four? Because here's the thing: he's played a back five against Chelsea in the last four games. He's played all four games that they played last season against Chelsea. They played a back five. They won three, but the last result was the one that they lost. And it might be a yeah. case of Lampard having adapted to the back five. Now he knows how it's going to work. So do you stick with that tactic of playing a back five, or do you say, you know what, no, we're going to go with the back four now because he's he's adapted? What, what what does Ollie do? Do you go with the back four? Do you go with the back five? I think he goes with the back five because he has a he has a player who he who he can trust who who scores goals and knows how to defend. Like Van Bissaka on the right is like a solid wall, but then Tellez, that's the man. Like mm-hmm. he will be the key and he will play the back five. He uh, because you know I, I when I see the P when I saw the PSG game, the confidence that both like on defense like they they owned Mbappe. Yeah. Like both on, on the mid, uh, when Bissaka, McTominay, and Fred, wherever he went, you know, they, yeah. there, there was there was no chance that he could get. But then Teles was so good on the other side, with that providing that width that allowed Rashford space. Uh, he and I, I really liked that you know the transition was happening so quickly from you know, and they knew who was who was running. They immediately knew. They saw there was oh Teles is already there. They just give the ball and and. So and Rashford is already inside. Uh, Martial is kind of right next to him, tucked just for a, a one-two, and it was really good. I really like the confidence. I think that showed in the game. Like mm-hmm. it was against PSG, so you know, yeah, that you know, uh, you don't expect a, a free hand. But then against Newcastle as well, uh, he played. He he played the back four, mm-hmm. but with Chelsea, he can't afford to do that because if he sits back. There are some players in that Chelsea lineup who can really damage that. Who yeah. can really damage it? Um, I used to be bringing it back to you. So, so yeah, I guess. So, sorry, uh, can I to start to to interrupt you there? But Ayush, if he's playing a back five, then he's probably going to start with Telles, and then you start with Shaw. Um, the one weakness of Chelsea is is their crossing in the box, and Telles provides that. So you probably want to start Telles because he can provide crosses in the box. I mean, uh, Gian's rolling his eyes there. But it, it, that is that is a statistically at least that is a weakness of balls in the box and corners. They consider a lot of goals to that. Statistically, would you start Cavani then for this game because he's pro- because Martial can play because he's in, uh, away. Rashford isn't necessarily the best head of the ball, and then Greenwood isn't. So would yes. you start? Would you take the risk of starting Cavani in this game as a striker because then there's someone who can at least head the ball in or at least have a chance of winning it? Would you start Cavani then? If you play Dallas. Yeah, it is a very uh, nice prospect for uh, United to start Kavani because he's an unknown quantity in EPL, and we have known he's a natural goal scorer, which uh, uh, many United have been missing since long. I mean, Martial is a, like a winger, inverted winger, so he's not a complete uh, striker. 
Kamani is like the fox in the box, <laughs> as our group suggests. So he's the fox in the box. Banana intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he can come up with a uh, any kind of a sloppy goal or a misheard goal, like Ivanovic, uh, Roma, and which uh, other players of past which used to score for United. I mean, Solskjaer and Mister Roy. So Kamani could hopefully fill fill those boots for them, and if days can. Provide a tempting cross, so Kamani would be there in the box. Yeah, Jihan. Speaking of which, I'm um, in a back five. Which I mean, we would assume Luke Shaw will take one of those three centre positions. Uh, do you retain Tuan Zibi and Lindelof, or do you bring in Maguire? Maguire didn't start the last game. He's supposedly fit now. Um, would you bring in Maguire? And I mean, if you would, or would you keep Lindelof and Tuan Zibi because they did pretty well against PSG? uh that's 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 i think the biggest decision isn't it like do you bring in do you bring back maguire or do you leave it as it is for this one no i i would definitely keep the same lineup man you used against psg mm-hmm. uh and so for some reason uh, no matter what ole does he becomes really smart when it's against chelsea i mean he beat us three times in a row last season Well, lucky though. I, I know it's shameful and admitting that, but it's true. So I, I think he's going to be smart. He's not going to change it. I mean, Maguire is obviously, well, except the trolls. Obviously, he's one of he's a class he's a class defender, but he just came back, and I, I I wouldn't change that lineup. I mean, they beat PSG, so why would you change the winning formula? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a case to be made that uh, PSG had Neymar and Mbappe. Now, I don't know if you think that they're better than what Chelsea have. I don't, I do not think that PSG have a better attack than Chelsea on paper because Chelsea, because PSG didn't have those. those their midfield and their right, right side, yeah, right side wasn't as good as uh, as what Chelsea have. But still, um, it makes sense to keep uh, to keep this winning combination. I just feel that he has a soft spot for Maguire, and if he has a chance, he'll play him. And that's my worry that. I don't know if he should. Uh, I don't think Lindelof and Maguire is too much of a, of a, a difference. I, I don't think it, but it's just in the context of the game because they've had such a good result. I think he should just hold off. But uh, we shall see what happens with that. I mean, he yes, could even go, is, say, you know what, I'm going to rest one ZB because he has played that game. Yes. That's one of the first time yes, I'm like, yes. I'm going to drop. So, I think, yeah, that he'll 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 look at trying to get some experience as well because it, it, that will count. In 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 this game, but they have experience. I mean, Maguire. I mean, you've got Shaw. You've got uh, Lindelof. He's experienced. You've got. Uh, I don't think Lindelof and Maguire. I think the decision has to be between Lindelof and Maguire. Yeah, between, I don't think you take yeah. out Shaw and you don't take out Wanzibi if you're going to play a back five. No. You don't. You don't touch those. Uh, Telles has experience. So yeah. it really. I mean, it, I don't. I don't. The difference isn't much. I guess the question is, do you keep it as it is, just for consistency, or do you make a change? Again, another thing. I, I don't think Chelsea play a lot of crosses in the box, so you don't really need Maguire for heading. But uh, but see. Maguire did score the goal against Newcastle as well. So he, you know, and, and this rest this rest game would have just kind of helped him get his you know fitness back, mind back into this game. And because this is a big game as well, like they dropped him for the game against PSG. Uh, he, he was injured. Not... No, he was. Yeah, like like I, I really don't know if if you know, what happened there because I. He, Okay, he was in, but then he did, he needs to come back because he is the main guy they got. They spent a lot of money on him. He I, is yeah. there back. Yeah, I think they need a bit of rotation here because the next game is not easy. It's Leipzig, so I mean, it's not like there's no rest for the weary. But let's talk about Chelsea. Let's not make this too United centric. Let's talk about Chelsea. Um, Jihan, uh, it it feels like such an obvious selection, yet it feels so controversial. Would you start all four of uh, Werner, Havertz, 
uh, Ziyech and Pulisic. I mean, let's leave aside the fact, let's say that they're all match fit, they're all ready to go. Would you start all those four? I mean, Chelsea fans have been waiting for it. Is it now time to just unleash them? I mean, let's face it. Uh, I've said this in one of your previous episodes too. Mm-hmm. We aren't playing a game of FIFA. <laughs> this is real life football. So, uh, I mean, obviously, we want to see Chilwell. We want to see Thiago Silva. We want to see the Ford that you've mentioned. Mendy's playing, which is good. Thank God Kepa isn't playing anymore. Um, Don't Jay said, uh, or maybe you do. I hope you do, but... Uh, well. Well, I, I don't know. know. Kepa no, doesn't Kepa. seem to make errors against us, so I, yeah, yeah. It's like you said. I think it's fine. Yeah. Oh, please, <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No, Kepa did make that one mistake the last time in the four nil. He did make yeah. a mistake, if you don't remember. No, he, uh, he let the ball through his legs. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, he's made worse. Okay, let's just say he's made worse. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's made worse. So, I mean, um, for sure. I mean, yeah. obviously, I want to see Warner. I want to see Zayek, Pulisic, but. It's going to take time. And Lampard, for some reason, is not starting them all together. I, I honestly see Kante and um, Kovacic in the midfield. The defense, well, I'm hoping... Well, Chilwell, Aspi, the centre-back Lampard still has not figured it out. We obviously want to see Thiago Silva coming in with Tomori. Tomori is my favourite. And um, like you've discussed a while ago, man, you, our weakness is in the air. And... If Manu uses a player like Cavani, that's trouble for Chelsea. And Tomori is the best to deal with that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Of course, other than Thiago Silva. Um, striker, I don't think he's going to go with Giroud or Abraham. Probably in a strike, we will see Werner. Pulisic is probably getting not this time. Havertz is playing. Whether or not Zayek plays is up to question. Uh, as far as I know, he's not completely match fit. So I, I, I think he's going to go with a sub in this instance. Maybe Zaya comes on in the 60th or 50th minute. Yeah. So you, yeah. if you were to, uh, so Aish, would you go in the midfield? I mean, I guess, Clay, we're talking about Zayak not playing um, and he's probably going to be on the bench, which we, we assume then that means Mount will start. Uh, that's a lot of stick. But would you would you leave with Jihan of having Kante and Kovacic in the middle or would you bring in Jorginho? Uh, into the, into that midfield because he's then where's the creativity coming from? If I mean Havertz probably is is good enough, but would you start with Jorginho or would you start with Kovacic? Kovacic is more like a box to box midfielder. Yeah. Uh, Jorginho is a bit slower and is just sitting in the and taking uh, his main job is to take penalties for Chelsea. I think so. <laughs> so I think Kovacic <laughs> uh, is the better option for Chelsea. Be nice. Yeah. Be nice. Ayush, be nice. Okay, Kovacic uh, is the simple answer because he can uh, keep the things running smooth in the in the midfield. I mean, he takes up positions and uh, he can uh, keep also track back also and uh, the, because uh, United have some pace in uh, Rashford and Martial, so he can track back also. Jorginho maybe struggle. So he's Jorginho is good for uh, smaller teams and which uh, who like to sit back, but. Uh, in such cases, in such tight matches where uh, the United will keep, uh, uh, they will be narrow in their uh, defense and midfield. So, Kovacic can bypass them with his through balls and uh, uh, vision, with some vision also. So, he can be a good option, better option for in place of Jorginho. Yeah. Well, we shall see uh, which, which way he goes with. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he needs to play two defensive midfielders against United. I don't think United are going to have that pace. Um, 
I, I, if you're not going to go with the back five, then you don't need two defensive midfielders against yeah. them because they're going to be short in midfield. But I mean, it's, it's Chelsea, and uh, you know Frank will get will do what, what's best, what he thinks is best for the team. Uh, but can I? Who needs to win more? Is it Ole or is it Frank? I, it's two managers who almost like uh, you just don't know. Like all both parallel, both of them a little bit unproven, both of them, but different uh, ways of getting to their objectives. Yeah. But who needs it more right now? Do you think uh, is it Frank or is it Ole? I think Ole needs Ole needs it more. I, I think, in my view, um, because Frank Frank has a system to start with. Like he has made those signings. He has basically told the board, you know, you can't expect results in one game or in one season. I you gave me you gave me some money to buy players. I bought some players. <laughs> some okay, <laughs> and, yeah, some money. Yeah, and you gave me some money. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, okay. so if, if, then, if Chelsea gave Frank some money, then what about United? Was it pocket change? <laughs> what would we call that? Well, I I, I did want to uh, say that, but okay, yes, I think about it. It is it, some it, money because if it is some money because uh, that is compared, the fee for one player. If you think about Neymar, yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yes, no, no, no it's all relative. Fast spending, it might be some money, but I, mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> yes, so yeah, some money. Yeah, no, so I think I think in. And and Oli as well because he he has you know they've not had a good transfer window they've some yeah. games where they could have you know uh, they, uh, killed the games won it and and also it's just they've not proven it yet like United this season mm-hmm. yeah. don't seem to be that team like when you see United you really don't know what's happening now well, who, are they going to really be crushed or they're going to crush everybody like. So there, there is this, uh, you know, uh, dilemma in 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 fans and in, in player. I think, and even the manager, you know, you 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 hear him. He does sound confident, but then, when when the game starts, you always see United kind of struggling for the first ten to fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And that is what is that 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 just shows that there is nervousness in that in that dressing room. They just don't want to concede in the 15 minutes. They sit back. They want the team, to, and then they grow into it. Then they start growing in. Then they gain get confidence. And you know, there is no dearth of talent in the United bench or on the United team. There is no dearth of talent. But then, I think Ole just needs to prove that it's not just he was just not a you know one one uh, season manager where you know he came in, got us into the Champions League, uh, and then that's it. Because we don't stand, you know, in game week six, we don't stand really well on the table currently. United are, you know, not not at not a, at a good uh, not not at a good position. They're, they're 15th currently. Oh well, and, um, yeah. Well, maybe yeah, because of goal difference. Yeah, they were 14, I guess. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And Chelsea's uh, eight. It's it's a little bit skewed though. United do have a game in hand, and yeah. uh, I mean it, it is. And if they beat Chelsea, they go above them. So I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah. still very fluxing. Uh, but I wish one thing uh, is that if Frank does not win, uh, or let's say he, he loses, let's not say does not win. Let's say he loses this game because I don't know what a draw does for either team. I don't think a draw does much. But if he loses, do you then think that that dissenting voice? Would, I don't want to ask Gian, he's a fan. Might be too close to this, but do you think that voices of dissent might be a bit louder? That it is, you can start to feel a little bit of pressure. Is, is that going to increase if he loses? You think he's going to then start, uh, you know, get into that Chelsea cycle? Of, uh, yes, definitely. I mean, uh, I think uh, uh, Lampard still doesn't know who is the best playing eleven currently. I mean, he has uh, uh, many options. I mean, uh, he's spoiled for his choices. So 
he needs to get a stable playing 11 which he can uh, count on for the and most of the season and uh, he has been earlier he had an excuse that zh was injured pulisic was injured so he could uh, hide behind those uh, issues but now i mean since he has a full squad fully fit squad so he has uh, and he has got a lot of chance also to train them also together so now there are no other uh, excuses left so i i should also know did you did you watch the interview where lampard was a little bit critical of clock and is that is that is that clouding your judgment a little bit it, it just feels like yeah you know he's like i is very silent you know he knows what's going on and he slowly start putting in those those little bit of things that, you know that 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 happens i've noticed that yes no i'm just kidding but uh gian who do you think is going to be the key player for city for chelsea for this game who do you think is going to be important havertz yeah Yeah, yeah. Will will he have a lot of the create? He will have a lot of the creative burden if uh, Kovacic and Kante start. So yeah, it makes sense. He's gonna have. It's gonna be. It's gonna be an interesting battle. Him. I I I, I don't know who's gonna play CDM for for United. Will it be Fred? Will it be McTominay? Will it be Matic? I have no idea. But they're gonna have a tough time. I think that will be interesting. Uh, Kanaya, who do you think is gonna be the key player for Manchester United? It has to be Bruno. You know, he 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 is the you know, he just creates like from anywhere. ഗോട്ടുഗായ Mm-hmm. and allows i think what what bruno does well is that he just allows rashford to move freely and play what he wants to do he does not want rashford to come deep back to get the ball mhm be clear bruno will provide yeah the ball to rashford rashford does not have to come deep enough to get the ball and then you know move ahead and that is what i like about bruno because he has taken in the when since he's got in the team united have looked at different side altogether yeah. and and that and that's and that's just one player and you know he clicks and everything is clicking and if if he is a miss like we 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 have seen him missing it just kind of falls apart then you don't really know what what's happening yeah. i think bruno is, i think and for that matter i think bruno is going to be the guy i think me. yeah i think it will be for me it's going to be two players it's going to be van bissaka and twanzibi and how they handle uh, i mean bruno's the obvious choice but i think those two how they handle that uh, left hand side pulisic will probably play left wing i'm hoping he's going to play left wing uh, which if he does then that's uh, because van bissaka has trouble uh, offensively and defensively combining those two roles so him and twanzib twanzib can help him out i think that will be interesting for both of them to lock that left hand side down because i think that's where most of chelsea's uh, good stuff uh, offensively will happen unless zeck plays then then we'll see what goes but It, it seems that 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 will, those two will be my key players. But on that note, I want to make a very quick comment. Shout out to Marcus Rashford for all the great stuff that he's been doing off the field. Um, I don't know if you guys have checked his Twitter account, but he's been doing some really awesome stuff. And uh, well done, Marcus. Uh, we're all supportive of of, of, uh, of the efforts that you're putting in, and we hope uh, you know that you continue to bring real change in the in your community. And uh, really awesome stuff. But we just want to mention that. Uh, and on that note, Jihan, what do you think is going to be the, the your prediction for the score? Uh, what do you think is going to it's going to be? Well, uh, Chelsea fan here okay. mentioning that, but um, 
Uh, 3-1 to us. 3-1 to Chelsea? Ah, that's nice. Uh, the one goal, will that be an open goal or will it be a penalty? <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, Bruno <laughs> is going to open with a penalty. No, because three I, I out of the four. Bruno is opening with a penalty. Oh, wow. Well, that's good. Well, three out of the last four games Bruno has seen a penalty. So, it's not it's not a statistical anomaly. Like, it can happen that you know, three of the last four games United have got a penalty. So, I guess what do you think is going to oh, be the score? It will happen. It will happen. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. Ayush, what do you think? Is gonna. Uh, what's the score gonna be? I think uh, United probably may snatch a win. It can be. I think three two. Three two to United. Yes. That sounds then, about right. With the defenses, it sounds about right. Three two. See, the the key denominator is you got to put a three in in one of the scores. It has to has to be. Right. Yes. Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea. Can <laughs> <laughs> uh, What do you think is gonna be the, the final score? I think it's gonna be two one. Uh, uh, Chelsea will score first, and but then United uh, will come back. Mm. Two plus one is three, so I mean, you've still got on that streak. Then <laughs> shame for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm stretching for that now. Uh, no, I, I it's a difficult one. I I I've been saying it all along. I, I I there's not a single game where I can confidently predict that United are going to win. Uh, I just feel like this is one of those games where you're confident that United have had two good results, and then you go into this this game and then you get kicked in the teeth because you're so confident. Um, so it's all pointing towards a Chelsea win based on my experience of what I've seen so far. But I, it might just be a draw. I think that it's probably a two-two or three-three draw. I think that's it's, it's quite possible that that's how it's going to end. Um, yeah, if it's two-two, I can I cannot find any way to put a three there. So maybe it might be three-three. Um, yeah, it's funny as well because uh, one thing I noticed is uh, sorry I'm going off track here, but one thing that the commentators are saying in the last game is that when Chelsea go two 0 up, they somehow let other teams come back into the game. Uh, you know, and some teams come back. Whereas on the other hand, United, when they go 2-0 down, they give up on the game. So, which, which one is going to prevail? <laughs> Nobody knows which one's going to prevail. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But it's it's going to be an interesting game for sure. And uh, we'll be there tomorrow with the match reaction for that as well. And now, uh, brace yourselves, people, because we're going to talk about Liverpool against Sheffield. And Mr. Ayush, uh, you've been quiet all this time. You've been holding it in. So, Van Dijk injury. What do you think? Yeah. What's... What's what's the prognosis? What's what's going on? I think I mean first of all the we were blamed we were renamed uh, our club was renamed as Liverpool so I think it should be changed from Liverpool to Everton <laughs> because I made that joke last week uh, yeah just proprietary okay. so Var was uh, played a big role in that game and uh, the worst outcome was definitely Virgil's injury and uh, he will require surgery so. Chances are looking slim for him to play this season. And it's a big setback for Liverpool's title chances. In fact. So it's a great uh, motivation for the likes of Chelsea and City and even, I mean, uh, Man United, I don't think so, but uh, yeah, Chelsea and uh, City are the main. No offense. Uh, main favorites now. I mean, Liverpool, I don't think we will be able to retain the. Equal title this season after Virgil's injury. It's dead yesterday because we look very uh, very weak and fragile in defending set pieces. So Virgil is a man mountain of a defender. So he just uh, wins all those headers and uh, second balls, which teams like Sheffield uh, like to bleed on. So that is their bread and butter to score goals from set pieces and crosses. So. 
we will struggle. We will see tomorrow itself that uh, Liverpool will struggle against Sheffield United. Very different pieces. And Gomez is not the tallest. Neither is Binho, and Adrian is flapping his hands at the corner. So, yeah, I mean, even Ajax managed to. Uh, may I mean, even Ajax managed to disturb our defending in set pieces, and they had a few chances. So, yeah, English clubs are pretty good at set pieces, and so will be a different situation for us. You can you can feel the disappointment in Ayush's voice, but there's a few things oh, here. Right. Yeah, no, no. First thing, you say even Ajax. Are you suggesting that Ajax are worse than Sheffield? Because I, I would beg to differ. Ajax are better than Sheffield, um, at least at this point in time. Uh, second, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I mean, Ayush, how 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 confident do you believe that Liverpool's title challenge is actually over? Because it just feels like one of those. Oh, you know, it's just not good, but actually it is. Uh, I just feel like you're trying to jinx other teams here. I, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely. Uh, convinced about the sincerity of that statement, but oh. I will I will take it on face value. Uh, but here's my controversial two cents that I want to put uh, towards this is uh, I didn't like how Klopp and Genie talked about this incident at the Champions League game before Ajax. So they were like all like, oh, you know, this will be written. We asked for this review from FA. We don't like what has happened. And I get it was a bad incident. It was certainly you know I think Pickford should have been red carded if it happened to one of my players. I would certainly be very very unhappy about it. But at some point, you've got to move on. Like it's it's an it's it is a big player. It's it's an important player. But you've got to like this whole thing of like we want to review from we want to know from FA and this and that. We all know FA is incompetent. We know nothing's going to happen about it. It just it just feels like a bit like Sargreaves at this point. Where it's like trying to deflect from the real issue, which is that Everton pretty much blew three points uh, against against Everton. They should have got it. Fair enough that offside deal. I, I don't know what the deal with that money offside was. I still don't know what the deal with the money offside is. And it's crap. But it should not have come to that. They should not have considered a second goal uh, that they did. But at some point, you've got to move on. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm too close to it. Gian, I mean, you can I are probably too close to it too. But uh, Gian, what do you think about this whole... Uh, I mean, let's not let's not let's not show it. I think it was a bad challenge that happened on on uh, on Van on Van Dyke. Uh, Richarlison, I've actually seen him do such things before. Like, believe it or not, I've seen yep. him make such tackles before. I don't know. Somebody's really got to have a chat with him about you know that he's in football and not rugby. <laughs> Maybe he's chosen the wrong sport. I don't know. I've seen him do that. But there's this whole uh, you know campaign from Liverpool to sort of come out against. I'm I'm calling it campaign. It's probably not that, but this whole thing from Liverpool against Everton and against VAR. It just it just feels like deflection at this point, doesn't it? It was. It was also, you know, in the Champions League, uh, uh, the press conference before the game and after yeah. the game. Before <laughs> the game, uh, I, I, Klopp was basically, and but but you know, he couldn't help it as well. The only question everybody was asking was that only. They mm-hmm. did not. Everybody was just writing them off, and that's what he said. Like, but I think he yeah. he just got irritated with it, and he was like, oh, "We're just doing everything we can." It was that statement, yeah. It was that statement. He said the players are not very happy, and I agree yes. with them. And I, you know, that it just you got to take a step yeah. back. Like I mean, it's fair enough that players are happy, but you got to say, you know what, we're moving on. Like, you got to move on, and you got to think. I mean, it doesn't help either club, right? It doesn't help. I mean, it's easier club. to move on if you have a replacement for yeah, like. No, but that's There's but, no but that's what he said. Yeah, but that's what he said as well. That you know, you can't have three world class defenders, and you know, you can just switch around that. He said that, but then. But then you know he put his eggs in one basket. Well, even so, I mean, how do you replace a Virgil? You can't. It's like when we talk about Harry Kane. Right? There's you can't replace a Harry Kane in a yeah. Spurs team because nobody's a player of that level is never going to agree to be a sub. You can't do anything about it. It's just what it is. But you find a way, and maybe it's a chance for others to step up. You know, there are other defenders. There's a chance for them to step up. Um, but anyway, uh, let's not make this one Virgil and Dyke. Uh, it's 
Jihan, what do you think? I mean, Thiago's out. We know that. Keita's out. Um, what do you think is going to be the midfield three for uh, for Liverpool? Um, because that's another area of concern, midfield. We talk about that a lot. But uh, who do, what, what do you think is going to be the midfield three for Liverpool for this, for this one upcoming game? Who would you start with? Uh, I think Klopp experimenting to success with Fabinho in centre-back recently. Yeah. So I think Fabinho is out of the midfield. He's not mm-hmm. going to defend. Yep. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think he's the best fit to temporarily, even if temporarily, replace Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you have Captain Hendo. Uh, yeah, he's on top of it. Midfield three. So you got Wijnaldum in there. And honestly, the third, I, I'm kind of confused because. Right now is probably the best chance for Klopp to integrate some youth into it. We've seen him do that in Dortmund. He hasn't had the chance to do that in Liverpool as of yet because he's been up to success more. So yeah, I think he's going to give. Is Oxlade Chamberlain available? Is Oxlade Chamberlain available or is he injured again? No, he's he's injured like always. He's injured. Yeah, that, that's why I didn't mention it. Who, who is more injury prone? Is it Oxlade Chamberlain or is it Eric Bay? Like who, which, which one is worse? <laughs> <laughs> I think they can. They'll be. They'll be sitting together most of the times. Oh my god! And, and they, none of them hold a candle to Phil Jones, but still, I mean, like, who's, no. who's who's? I have no idea. <laughs> like, okay, okay. Oh, well, yeah, so then I guess yeah, I guess it'd have to be Curtis Jones if he's going to bring in a, a midfielder or Shakiri. Is Shakiri available? I know he had COVID. Is he yes. available? Shakiri is available. Is available now. Maybe he might go with him. In and he did. And and Klopp did talk about him. Klopp mm-hmm. did talk about Shakiri yeah. being fit and ready to go. So I I think. I I I I would see him not going with youth in the Premier League because you know they can the games can be hard and Sheffield United they are really hard like they will they find a position where they can crush you they will crush you they've not had the season like this like previous one they're missing some key players themselves but then Liverpool yeah. you know have have it's their game to lose. But yeah, I mean, it, it is an interesting point though. Sheffield are a good team. Nobody's disrespect, disrespecting them. But currently, they are the second bottom team in the Premier League. So, if you're not going to bring in Curtis Jones now um, against a team that is second bottom in the Premier League, how when are you going to bring him and when are you going to test him out? So, I mean, if he's if he's got faith, he's got to play him. I think this is a perfect opportunity to play him, right? I mean, like... If you wanna... Maybe Klopp can uh, push back Firmino in midfield and bring on the, the, uh, Jota. Yeah. So, yeah, that might be an option, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Firmino is that always already playing in the midfield itself. I mean, he's just like a false nine. He's dropping so behind. So he's already a midfielder. Yeah, Ayush, you might want to lower your camera a little bit because like you're just like just slowly disappearing. Yeah. That's much better. Yeah, you're disappearing out of view slowly. It's like a wave of a sea. So just going <laughs> like Liverpool's title chances. Don't jinx it, my friend. Don't jinx it. Um, <laughs> No, I think it's going to be interesting. I think Sheffield United are in trouble, though. I think that is that is serious. I, I, after last season, it looks like they might they are going to have a they are, they are in a relegation battle. I think already. I think at this point. And they have Brewster though, but so. Oh, oh yeah, so, well, yes, it's a Ryan Brewster reunion. But is he that good though? I mean, is he? I mean, Sheffield got mugged. Let's just be honest. Twenty-three million pounds. They got mugged. They could have got <laughs> they could have got two Jesse Lingards for that. Right? Let's just put it that way. No, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That thing. What um, wouldn't be a story if Brewster just scores the first goal for yeah. Sheffield against yeah. Liverpool? Oh mm. my! God. That would be interesting. I mean, I, I still, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. But Gian, what do you think is going to be the final score uh, in this one? Well, unless and until Sheffield United have been taking advice from Aston Villa, 
Uh, it's a comfortable 3-0, 4-1. 3-0. But, uh, yeah. well, ever since Aston Villa, I, I really don't know. But 3-0, 4 I, I'm going to go with 4-1. Liverpool's defense is not going to keep a clean sheet. 4-1. 4-1, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Ganeya, what do you think is going to be the score? I think it's going to be a route. Liverpool will just simply so just Liverpool run. or Sheffield? Liverpool will run route. Uh, <laughs> okay, you got to make catch. They'll go around 6-0. 6-0? 6-0. Okay, 6-0. To Liverpool. Salah, hat-trick. I think that's that's what I say. And because it's at home, it's an Anfield and he's amazing there. Yeah. Now, Ayush, somewhere in the middle <laughs> of yeah. these three predictions? Definitely. I mean, I don't think we can we are capable of scoring six or even four goals. We are so dependent on Mane and uh, Salah's goals currently. Others are not chipping in with the goals. So, I will go with a 2-0 or a 3-1 score line. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be 3-1 to Liverpool. The one goal maybe from Ryan Brewster. Let's say, say, let's, Brewster, let's say yeah. one goal for Ryan Brewster, but it will be uh, it will be meaningless in the end. It will be 3-1 to Liverpool. I think that sounds about right. But it will be comfortable. I don't think it will be too much of a stretch. Um, yeah, and I think that's the key as well. that They are missing Alisson. But uh, the next few games for Liverpool are pretty easy. They've got Midtjylland after this. Shouldn't be a problem. I think it's best time after that, if I'm not mistaken. So, it's not that, uh, not that tough run of games. But... Uh, and hopefully by the time the big games come, then uh, I think the next big game is Atlanta. That will be the next big one. But but then hopefully Allison will be back by then. That will be an interesting. Yeah, they, and but after the Atlanta one, that's going to be then then they have a good uh, fixtures with City, then and then Leicester, and then again Atlanta. So it's going to be after the Atlanta game, they have four, three back to back, you know, games yeah. which are tough on them. Yeah, the Atlanta but one will be a good one though. Although I think Ajax well. will probably will probably know what what Ajax will do by then because if Ajax or lose the next one, then it might just yeah. be between them for the first two places. But anyway, that's the Champions League. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, some other time. Uh, we're not getting into some of the smaller games, the smaller teams. So uh, apologies. <laughs> no, we're not talking about Arsenal against Leicester. Uh, and we don't have an Arsenal fan here, but Jihan, uh, it looks like Arsenal are starting to sort of shift to that gears. It's just starting to also get a little bit. They're still a bit shaky at the back, but they seem to be steady this season. Like it's not that one of those horrendous seasons. But before we talk about anybody else, we have to talk about Mesut Ozil uh, and what's happened with that situation. Yeah. He's been out. I mean, you could make a case that on playing turns, he probably should not be starting games, but to remove him from both squads, does it feel like there's more going on beyond just footballing reasons? Or is it just footballing reasons? I mean, uh, if, I, if, if I can be very honest... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, look, Mesut Ozil is obviously an amazing person. I mean, uh, he's paying for the club's mascot. He's involved in all of this charity and donation and all that. And it's amazing to see. But uh, And he's, he's done so much for the Muslim community around him and all of that. But uh, let's be honest, he has not been Mesut Ozil in the past two years. I mean, mm-hmm. I've heard hundreds of Arsenal fans shouting for his head. I mean, they wanted him out. And the moment he is out, now everyone's sympathy comes in. Uh, yeah. It's, it's actually kind of a confusing situation. But yes, uh, I don't want to get into politics too much because this is a football show. But... Um, yeah. No, no well, I mean, I mean uh, the thing is that I, I don't think anybody's angry that he's out of the squad. I don't think he should be starting games. I don't think he should be in the starting 11. I, maybe not even on yeah. the bench. 
Um, but for a team that clearly lacks creativity, the fact that they've decided they're not even going to have him in the squad, because we know squad numbers are really formalities because it's 25-member squads, but you don't even include reserve players or youth players in it. So 25 yeah. is not, you don't, most people don't even fill them out. So to say that we're not even going to have him in that 25-member squad, it's just, it's a little bit of a, I, I, it's, it seems like there's more going on behind the scenes than just footballing reasons. Uh, because if United can have Owen Hargreaves in their squad, even though he's fairly injured, <laughs> surely Arsenal can find a place for for Ozil in their squad. So, I, I mean, it just feels a little bit of a sad situation with what's going on. And it looks like there's something more than football. We don't it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely more than football. There, there's mm-hmm. no other way. Like, you know, even, you know, he, he has not been Mesut Ozil how, how, you know, what we have known of him and of in Real Madrid and why Arsenal got him and this first season. There is definitely, there, there's a big gap in, in that in that performance. But then, you have to give the credit to Arsenal as well. They did start him. They did not leave him on the bench for each game. When Arteta came in, he played the games. It's only when he started making things political, like you know, with Alexis Sanchez, uh, you know, the, the the ones that the two players who did not sign a contract for a long time, they were like rebelling internally. There were discussions with the board. You know, they wanted somebody. To be bought, they wanted to be sold, but then they 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 said no. We're okay with the wage that we're getting here, and and they so you know there's a lot of you know ways you can see the situation. Definitely, he's he's doing a lot of charity. I'm not denying that, but it is football. You're not playing football for charity. You're playing football to be playing games. If you're not playing games, you have to understand the core reason why you're not playing. You like we have seen players who have gone to leagues just to start games like that's my question like as like as a footballer what do you want to do you want to play games if you're not starting games why don't you just go to a club which will give you 90 minutes each match and then prove I think that comes down to the wages portion of it, right? I mean, Arsenal yeah. are too skint. Like United basically paid portion of Alexis Sanchez's wage yeah. just to get him off. Like, we just only gone. But United could yeah. do that. Arsenal probably are too skint to say, no, we're not going to pay. Uh, you know, we're not going to subsidize your move for whatever reason. They don't want to do that. Um, and so, and maybe Ozil doesn't want the clubs that are being offered. We don't know what the situation is. And it's just sad to see. I mean, I, and I'm just trying to, you know, get to wrap my head around why he's not even in the squad. But, I mean, there are different reasons. We don't know what they are. and probably never will. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just a sad situation to see a player like that because I remember seeing him in the 2010 World Cup and like he was he was incredible for Germany at that one and we all knew what he was going to be and then he goes to Madrid uh, and then from there it's just you know it's yeah it's been downhill but uh, well, let's see maybe he'll come back maybe he'll come back um, Ayush uh, we know who's going to start in midfield it's going to be Thomas Partey Arsenal's uh, Partey player Partey player whatever Partey man whatever you want to call him all the puns uh, so he's going to start. Who would you start in midfield with him? Because I think that is the big question now, isn't it? I mean, if Arsenal play midfield three, uh, if you got Partey, uh, who do you do? You, what 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 are, what the what are the other two midfielders that you would want want him to partner? I mean, uh, Arsenal are definitely lacking on the creativity department, midfield especially. So, Shaka is a granted. Shaka is definitely a starter for me because he has some leadership. And uh, he can bring those tackles, and uh, when where he's required, he can be cynical, and uh, as well. So, and uh, he has a long range uh, shooting also. He's good at that. So, maybe even score some long range screamers in sometimes. So, maybe Shaka can be there. And uh, apart from that, uh, Shaka Lenny is a uh, 
so so player i mean he's a squad kind of player i mean maybe if uh, shaka is injured or is not up to the mark then uh, he will get replaced by elneny apart from that uh, i don't know maybe some new from player from the training i mean from their youth academy bias bias like he's in- injured he's injured yeah, i think yeah. but he's on to injured my god what's what is her place getting injured uh well, yeah. i i can't keep up with the injuries i'm sorry i can't keep up with the injuries i, I can barely keep up with you know what like say so every player you talk about is injured um yeah but it's he's just really he's a starter is, is there creative player so if he's injured then yeah. arsenal are in trouble <laughs> yes no? and that's when you need i mean they do have i mean wish if, if only they had a creative player that they could call upon from from <laughs> their bench do they have anybody oh i don't know <laughs> that's just Oh my god. Oh, he's not on the squad so. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, I'm just saying yeah, if only there was somebody but he is a dizzy. No, I mean it's it's just weird. I mean, it is interesting that we talked about injuries all the time and there's so many of them happening now. But um would you want to start Jaka? I mean, if you have got Partey Jihan, then you've got you've got that steel. Do you need two defensive players against big against a team like I mean even if it's Leicester, do you I mean, I don't know, Jamie Vardy is injured. I don't know if he's going to be back for this one. Um but uh If you've got you've got one, you've got Partey. You really need two defensive midfielders then for for a team like Arsenal. It's just because of the sheer lack of players. I mean, Arsenal are so short on players right now in the midfield department that yeah. they don't have any choice. And Shaka, I feel he's somewhat similar to Henderson from Liverpool in some aspects. Really? So yeah, maybe I'm so kidding. if he can. I'm I'm <laughs> no, no, I'm I joking. mean. Uh, in in the sense like he can uh, he has a good passing range he can uh, give those diagonals to obameyang and uh, other forward players also from deep also so he can be the playmaker from the from back so in, i don't know party has that potential in his uh, arsenal or not yeah i think party is going to be more of a defensive player like a more box to box player at at uh, arsenal i think he'll be the defensive player when they don't when they don't want to play two defensive midfielders and he can be that lone defensive midfielder so that's not his game but yeah it just feels like a bit i mean i don't know most teams nowadays oh, do but, like um, yeah so arteta's game is very similar to uh, conte when he was with us with chelsea in uh, those few years ago uh, i mean i i can actually liken this midfield to the matic conte situation where jaka mm-hmm. is kind of a little less mobile more shots and more long balls with good physicality like matic and party as far as i've seen him in atletico he's a workhorse i mean he runs and runs and uh, he, he's got that energy and that 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 work rate something like kante does mm-hmm. so i guess arteta could make a defensive midfield like that and i mean why not because you've got obameyang and lacazette up front i mean the the, the amount of pace there zaka hoofs up a long ball and you get lucky maybe once in five times obameyang gets the ball and it's a goal So yeah, why not? Get lucky. That is Arsenal's new team strategy. Get lucky. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but okay, we're running out of time here, so we're gonna move a bit quickly. We're gonna talk about the. So what's a uh, Kanaya? What's your predicted score for for this game? What do you think is gonna be the score? Arsenal against Leicester. Uh, I'm not sure if Jamie Vardy is gonna play, but uh, yeah, what do you no, think? No, I don't think he will. He will start. I don't think mm-hmm. uh, he will start. Uh, um, I think Arsenal are growing in confidence, but then Leicester's had have had you know a couple of good games. Um, uh, in, in the Premier they lost League, the last two actually. So yes, uh, yeah. but uh, but they they were confident. Well, you know, uh, on the city, uh, yeah, city. So I think I I because this is a big game. The mm-hmm. top four you're playing against the top four side. They do come out of something in the top four, but of course they have to have their man, Wardy. 
for to provide those uh, you know results but i i, I see this to be a a, a draw to be very frank a draw because um, uh, leicester do have a good team i think madison is back i am uh, uh, madison will play uh, barnes has been playing well uh, i am really happy and you know with their uh, and really impressed with their new uh, uh, right back castania and he's like he's right in the 6 yard box he's is he like right one, back or is he left back i thought castania was a left back he's playing right i think and right. left I think he's isn't it James right Justin playing right back, and then you've got Castani uh, on the. Yes, which I, I think yes, yes. I think I have the other way around. Yeah, because he was signed so, to replace Ben Chilwell. Yes, yeah. so he he was he, he's there and he's he's been good. So I think it's it's going to be. But then the game uh, uh, Arsenal is playing a little. They're they're playing a more predictable game. They're playing a very predictable game where they they have Aubameyang on the you know far out, and then you know he cuts in. Uh, they um, uh, Enketea and uh, they are looking for some you know uh, more goals from Saka or um, the young the young uh, team that they have on on front because Lacazette you know and Lacazette does score goals in big games as well so you know it, it think I think there'll be goals but then it won't be you know a clear cut winner for me because both teams have had they have their own advantages. but both teams do have their struggles as well there's definitely a big step uh with party coming in for arsenal mm-hmm. will play in 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 their advantage but i see leicester do come back um strong okay uh, ayush what's going to be so it's 2-2 from kanaya ayush what's your predicted score i think 1-1 would be my score uh, okay. obamayan can come up the goal and uh, leicester has a great midfield i mean they can overrun arsenal Barnes and Madison, their creativity also is kind of power also. But they are missing uh, Soyuncu and their defensive back, and he was a big yeah. problem. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, Jian. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Is the game at the Emirates or the King Power Stadium? It is at uh, Emirates. Like yeah, Emirates. Uh, then I'm gonna have to go two on for two hours. Two on two hours. Okay. Most good one person uh, becoming not a lot of faith. Press them a lot. Yeah, not a lot of faith uh, in Arsenal, but uh, okay, well, that's that's good. Well, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I think. Are Arsenal we still counting home advantages? Are we still counting home advantages? I, I don't think we should anymore. I don't think it counts yeah. a lot. But uh, I think Arsenal will oh, win. Right? Home advantage. It's not just in the fans, though. I mean, the not all pitches are the same. I, as far as I know, the Camp Nou is by far the widest stadium in the world, widest pitch in the world. Uh, which is why what Pep Guardiola used to use a lot. His teams used to play a lot wider, so that, that comes to an advantage. Too fans are obviously a big thing, but yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, I, mean, I, I think Arsenal will uh, will win a home advantage. I think it will be a nice three-one, three-nil, three-one win for them. I think it should be fairly comfortable. I think Leicester just doing consistent. Um, but nonetheless, uh, moving on, uh, Burnley against Tottenham. Ganeya. Uh, Uh, Harry Kane and I mean all things aside, we know what happened to his last ten minutes. But for that, from that first eighty minutes, or at least from those first twenty minutes, is Harry Kane and Jungmin Son are they the best offensive partnership? I'm not going to call them a strike pair because they're not a strike pair, but are they the best yeah. offensive partnership in the league right now? Definitely, like without a shadow of doubt, like they are feeding off each other like crazy. Like it, it just, it, it, like this is how Leicester played. With Wardy, they were feed like less. I just it just reminds me of how you know Wardy would feed off of anybody, and that would make a pairing. 
and uh, in their in their uh, title winning uh, season and it's and you know i really like both of them are smiling they're happy they're, they're, they're dancing when they they're dancing they do Yes. So I, I, never felt right as, I, never, I never felt like punching a footballer more than I felt like punching a son after that dance. But anyway, so that, that's just my <laughs> just my my two cents there. But yes, no, this. Uh, uh, so they 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 they're, they're a different level. Both of them. Um, it it will it will take a bad game, a good hammering to bring this down, or a or a or a niggle or an injury to any one of them to just uh, break this up for Tottenham because they're on roll. They have bail back. um he played against lush uh, in the europa league as mm-hmm. well um so there's a lot of confidence it, it, this seems to be you know mourinho news find like the, he second he season. This is, see second, second season, season. <laughs> where his dream is coming true with you know what he wanted last season which yeah. he could not get but now he's getting all of that now are you sure shaking your head is are you shaking your head in approval or are you shaking your head like now nah, i i got a better one in mind Yeah, I mean they are right up there with the uh, Salah and Mane. I was gonna say yes, of course. Salah and Mane of are with more for more consistency, but uh, in terms of sheer brilliance, I mean Son. I mean I like Son so much. I mean he's a great ambassador for Asian players, so he's very. Yeah, it's hard to dislike Son. Kane well, I, I can think of a reason to dislike him, but that's yeah, that's. <laughs> Give me a reason to dislike. No, no, I like Son too. I think I think it's interesting how we always talk about. And Mourinho alluded to this as well. How we talk about Harry Kane and his time to leave. We never talk about Son leaving or thinking like maybe because he's Asian, we don't think he can play at a higher level. Like we think Tottenham is probably his ceiling, but maybe it's not. Maybe he can play at a higher level. Maybe he can move to a to a better club too. But uh, Jihan, on that note, uh, Bale, would you start with him? And the next, he started against Lask. Uh, he came on as a, against West Ham. Would you start him for this one? Or would you still keep that same front yes. three? Yes, definitely, definitely. No, no, I, I'd start Bale by now. I mean, he's how many games has he been sitting? Three, right? Uh, two games. Three now. games, and then he's he played. Yeah, he's like games. he's he My played. Bad. He made his debut, second debut against West Ham, and he played against Lask. So this would be his third game now. Yeah, so I mean, it's time to start him. I mean, he hasn't had fitness. That's right. Rather than bringing him on as a super sub and. Well, let's not call him a super sub after the West Ham game, but rather than bringing him on as a sub, uh, start him, give him a few minutes, even if it's half an hour, maybe sixty minutes, then take him off. But uh, he needs to make that trio. You know, we we've just been talking about the duo of Kane and Son. It needs to turn into a trio very soon, like Son, Bale, and Kane. And honestly speaking, I I, I think it's gonna be. One of those MSN BBC BBC level HBK. That's I just called yeah. it HBK. Yeah. That's what it would be HBK. If any guess, yeah. nice. wow, right? Interesting fan on here again. We've got wrestling references today. HBK. Oh, <laughs> it would be so amazing. Oh, Eureka! Yeah, that's, that's another one. Yes, yeah, HBK. That's that's and you no know, HBK always never. I was always very good on the big stage, but never actually won a lot of games on the yeah. big stage. So it would actually be perfect for Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, no, that's okay. That would be that would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's the match fit. I'm sorry. But the match fitness for Bale, the match fitness for Bale is something which I do question. You know, I I don't no. think he 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 is. You know, he he does not have that. You know, he's 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 played golf a lot, but then that does not help you on a football field. Well, helps uh, with the swing of the hands. Yeah, but the legs. yes, but then yeah, again, it just <laughs> this is the wrong organ altogether. Uh, but uh, then I think. He just needs some time 
uh, to kind of uh, get back into match fitness, get yeah. into that more and then Burnley, play. Right, and Burnley again are not another one of those teams like Sheffield. They're like kind of struggling at the moment. So it's a good opportunity to get him out there because it's not a difficult game. But the only question is he played against last, so we'll then we know one of us. It's a Monday, so we'll see. A Monday nights are always yeah. the best night for football, but. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think he might just not play him in that game. But uh, knowing Marina, he might just hold him back for one or two more games. But we shall yeah. see. Uh, Ayush, the one takeaway is the fact that they they need better concentration. They need to stop. Uh, stop. This happened against Newcastle. I mean, you could say they were unlucky, but it still happened against Newcastle. They just need better concentration in the last few minutes, right? Like just focus on getting through the game. ஜிஎன்ஸ்பெசிஃபை <laughs> Um, can I have what do you think is going to be the score? I think it's going to be 4. 4-0. Four, four uh, Burnley will be too slow because, you know, Son is too quick. Um, they, they've, they've shown that, you know, from the bottom uh, bottom teams, uh, uh, Tottenham is kind of a little, that they're too keen to score more goals. They don't stop. Of course, they do uh, then also concede like what we've seen. against the west ham game but then uh, when they start to get you know on, when they start on a roll they kind of don't stop they it's they don't want to contain a game they want to score as many even concede a couple of them but then um, i think burnley has been struggling also just to you know you know where they stand how they've been playing. they've not they've not had the best starts to the season they've defensively really poor at the start itself they've just had one draw and uh, two draws and um, uh, three losses uh, but then i think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a 4 to 5 nil to uh, tottenham yeah yeah um, ayush what's your prediction similar thought also i mean 3 nil or 4 nil victory for easy for tottenham and maybe we'll see bale scoring the score chances I think this was the first one where we've got a clean sheet prediction. I don't think we've had any of the other ones where there was a clean sheet predicted. I think this is the first one. And I think that says a lot more about Burnley than it does about Spurs. I think just yeah, Burnley I don't know where the goals are going to come from for them again. I think Jay Rodriguez is there but he's struggling actually, you know, Mark Wood is struggling, Ashley Barnes is not there. It's just yeah, Burnley are in a mess right now and it's it's, it's sad to see Burnley and Sheffield struggling so much after what they achieved last few years. So But anyway, hopefully they can still pick up, but it won't be this weekend, uh, according to our experts at least. Uh, I mean, and, and these are the kind of games when then when you get a surprise result. Anyway, we won't be doing match reaction for the Spurs and Arsenal games most likely because we don't waste our time with those teams. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of football to watch tomorrow, so I think after all of that, we'll yeah. probably be footballed out. Maybe you know we'll see how that goes. Um, but thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Ayush. Thank you, Jihan. Thank you, Kanaya. We got through a lot. Uh, It's been a long video, and we still had a lot more questions that we wanted to ask, but because of time, we couldn't. Uh, it's a it's a really exciting weekend of football, and I think we're getting to the point now where the, the storyline is starting to develop, the things that are starting to happen that we can talk about. Uh, but yes, time is always so short. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this video, please remember to like and share, and also subscribe to the channel if you're new. Uh, Ayush, Jihan, and Kanaya have already done that. They're already doing that right away. Uh, so you know, just you know, think about you know, just yeah, just you know, that's that's what the the famous people are doing. So. 
you know, you guys should follow, can also follow in their footsteps and you can also do that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Definitely. We have got past 100 subscribers and we want to get, get to 200. So help us reach that goal quickly. So uh, try to get, uh, yeah, so please do support the channel in that way. Uh, we'll see you again tomorrow with our match reaction show. We're going to we're gonna do our uh, pre, uh, reactions to, well, these three of the games. Uh, we'll see which ones we can pick out, uh, you know, but we'll do at least a few of the games. We'll do match reactions for that. Uh, all the best. I use Shihan Kariya for the games tomorrow. I hope... Uh, well, I mean, I will, uh, Gian, I hope, well, I mean, I don't know, I guess, I hope each of you, let, let's say each of you hopefully have at least something to smile about. If one of you has everything to smile about, <laughs> it will be a problem, but hopefully each of you has at least one thing to smile about tomorrow. And uh, if I were to pick, maybe Kanaya, you could be sad about the Barcelona result. Uh, and then Gian, maybe you can be sad about the Chelsea result. Let's Let's hope that that's what happens. I, I, I prefer the opposite. I prefer the opposite. No, no, I prefer the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd rather be sad about the Madrid result and happy about the Chelsea result. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jihan. All my eggs are in one basket. But all my eggs are in one basket. <laughs> yes, <they laughs> I are. don't have that. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, well, let's, let's see. Maybe if Liverpool lose and City lose, then that might not be such a bad thing. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but oh, by the way, there's one thing that we did forgot did forget to mention. Everton against Southampton, and that's an important game. And we're not going to talk about it, but here's an important part. Everton are missing Richarlison to red card, and they're missing James Rodriguez through injury. So they're both out, and that, I think, will be a key. I mean, it's Southampton, so, you know, it's not that difficult. But uh, James, there, there was a U-turn on the news for James. Oh, there was? He, oh, he's back now? Yeah, yeah. Well, what was it? Was he like? Uh, did he have like a finger injury because he's keeping on waving the cards, and then he realized that yeah, to do that, like I can, I cannot do yeah. that. Be fine. I don't know. Uh, well, Definitely but, something other. Yeah. Well, there's Aston Villa against Leeds, which will probably be done by the time this video airs, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens with that one. It could be five out of five for Aston Villa, and then we could be all talking about something else entirely. Um, but nonetheless, thank you so much, guys, for joining in. Have a good evening or morning whenever you're watching the show. And we'll see you again. We'll see you again tomorrow. Take care. Have a good day. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to that episode of Late Night Football. We need your help to grow this channel. So if you've been enjoying the show thus far, please do like and subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, drinking buddies, fellow football fans, and anybody else you know or don't know. We really appreciate it. Uh, please also follow us on Twitter and Facebook via the links in the description below and spread the word about us. Take care.